The biggest sporting event on the calendar, maybe excluding the Olympics, I think, is the T20 Cricket World Cup being hosted here in Australia in October. And with the event, uh, the ever-present danger of the coronavirus still a factor. The event could well be in limbo. We're joined by a man on the other end of the line, though, whose cricket knowledge outweighs most to preview the T20 World Cup and speak to us about the probability of the event still taking place. The host of the Emerging Cricket Podcast, which can be heard right here on 91.3 Sport FM. It's Daniel Beswick. Good afternoon, Daniel. Hey, Darcy. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Now... We'll start off by looking at the world of cricket, obviously, a lot affected by the coronavirus. There definitely won't be any cricket until at least June and potentially longer. I mean, casting your eye towards the World Cup, do you think maybe the event could be postponed or do you think that uh, if maybe uh, cricket is still postponed by then the ICC will scrap and you just say, we'll have a T20 World Cup next year, maybe we'll turn our attention to that and maybe forget about this year's tournament altogether? Well, I'm hoping, and this is, you know, with little scientific knowledge. Uh, I'm no doctor or scientist by any stretch of the imagination, but with all the talk of flattening the curve and, and, and letting it sort of ride out for the next two to three months, I'm hoping that the T20 World Cup might actually be one of the first events on the calendar that we'll, we will see when things sort of resume in their normal uh, transmission. That, that's my hope. Uh, yeah, there, as you said, there are plenty of tours that have been halted, some of them uh, mid-tour. We saw New Zealand leave early here from Australia in the, the one-day series that we were supposed to have uh, with that SCG match played behind closed doors. And uh, quite a few other tours at that point were also halted uh, in the cricketing world. India were hosting South Africa. That was cancelled uh, roughly halfway through. They actually had a game called off due to rain first, and then the rest of the tour was called off. And then uh, England was set to travel to Sri Lanka, and all that was uh, halted as well. But, yeah, on, on an emerging front as well, we've seen a number of tournaments already postponed or cancelled. The Cricket World Cup League 2, which is the qualifying event for the 2023 One Day International World Cup, that's already been affected. So the repercussions for something like this will be going on for, for not just this year, but for, for several years uh, over, the, yeah, over the course of the next couple of years at least. Absolutely, both financial and uh, on-field implications for all teams. Now, forgetting the current situation, and we'll just have a look at solely at the event, uh, the T20 World Cup split into two sections, the preliminary rounds, which all the qualifiers uh, from last year, we covered a bit last week on the show as well, followed by the Super 12s before the finals, etc. I mean, the group stages, there's two groups of four, the top two go through to the Super 12s. How do you see the, the first group panning out? Dan, Ireland, Sri Lanka, PNG, Oman, uh, four very good T20 sides. Ireland and Sri Lanka, they're probably both firm favourites, but can you see a PNG or maybe an Oman upset, meaning they sneak into that Super 12 phase? Yeah, that's a great question. And I actually think, given the, the current situation of what we're into, and, and me thinking quite a, a lot about this, given the free time that I've had, I've come to the conclusion, actually, that a lot of these emerging teams might actually be in a weird roundabout kind of way, almost a little bit better off, because I'm thinking that a lot of these guys are not full-time cricketers. They, they find themselves employed in other fields of work. And, and given how they perform well, given a lack of preparation in comparison to some of these full-time players, we could see this whole situation be a big leveller. But to look at the, the two groups, and yeah, Group A is quite fascinating. That's the Geelong group. I actually think that Oman could well be a dark horse to overtake the likes of Ireland or PNG for a second spot, assuming, of course, that Sri Lanka do come first in that group. Just had a look at the, the odds uh, that some of the bookies are giving out, and Ireland seems to have the best chance, according to them. But I, I see Oman as being a potential threat uh, and a, a team that might actually prefer those Geelong conditions. And Sri Lanka are by no means, you know, at their strongest at this point, too. I mean, it, it wouldn't take a terrible lot for Sri Lanka to actually miss out. Uh, I obviously would say 
that Sri Lanka would be the favourites of that top four to come first. Ireland and Oman, I reckon, are probably battling for that second spot. PNG, uh, a few of their, a few things probably need to go their way for, for things to happen for them. Uh, they definitely need their two openers to fire. Uh, but apart from that, yeah, I can easily see the likes of Ireland or Oman fighting it out at least the second spot in that group. Absolutely. Well, Oman did beat Ireland in the, the most previous T20 World Cup yep. uh, in India, so it definitely could happen. Dan, now we'll have a look, at, uh, we'll cast our eye and hopefully get your opinion on uh, Group 2, Namibia, Scotland, Bangladesh and Netherlands. Uh, I'd say this group's probably even harder to tip. Who do you see going through to the, to the second round of the tournament? Yeah, I think this is open. If, if Sri Lanka are, are wounded, I think Bangladesh would have to be uh, in a similar bracket, you know, with Shakib Al Hassan currently serving out his suspension uh, after his issues with the anti corruption unit, which were unfortunate. And yeah, and assuming that he won't be available to play, that's a big loss for Bangladesh. So I think that, I think that the other three teams in that group will, will definitely feel like they'll be able to catch Bangladesh out. Uh, in Hobart, that group is. And with that in mind, I actually really like the Netherlands uh, with, a, with a strong, quick bowling group of bowlers. They have uh, Glover, uh, Van Maker, and uh, two of their, their leading quicks. Uh, Fred Klaassen is another one. Tim van der Hoeksen, who has played a lot in Australia, he'll know the conditions pretty well. And I think they've got two great all-rounders in the, in the likes of Tender Skarder and Colin Ackerman, who's recently been appointed as captain of Leicestershire in another boost. Not sure how much of that leadership he'll get to uh, exude in uh, county cricket this year. Tender Skarder hasn't quite bowled as much, but look, there's a lot of experience there. And Peter Saylor is, is Dutch captain. Bowl uh, left arm orthodox will be handy in their campaign. Has also developed his batting incredibly well. They actually play, I think, with the bat, a quite old-fashioned standard of uh, T20 cricket. And by that, I mean they still have an anchoring role at the top of the order with the likes of Max O'Dowd. Ben Cooper is another great opening bat for them. They're quite technically solid. They probably won't be as explosive as, as the other teams in this uh, half of the of the first round. But, yeah, I, I think they've got quite a well-drilled unit. And, and you guys in Perth would obviously know how important Ryan Campbell is at the helm of, of Dutch cricket. He's done it for Hong Kong as well. He also played for Hong Kong after he played for Australia. And he knows the, the conditions of Australia back to front. So, yeah, I do like the Netherlands a lot. Uh, Scotland probably on paper have the best team out of the, the associate members, but we didn't quite see them exploding that qualifier. A couple of batsmen in that team didn't quite exhibit all of their skills to the greatest of ability. I think Callum McLeod will probably think to himself that he wasn't fantastic, but he's an excellent sweeper, uh, excellent limited overs player. He's had Rashid Khan's number a number of times when they've played limited overs cricket against Afghanistan. They're not in the same group here yet with Afghanistan already through to the next stage. But, look, I, I can easily see Scotland. And, and Namibia are a dark horse as well. I quite like the, the Namibian side. They've got a couple of good spinners that can tie things down. Bernard Skoltz is one of the best at the emerging level. Herard Erasmus, I'd have to say, is, is technically probably the best batsman in the associate world. And he's a young captain too. Exhibited all his skills in UAE. And a uh, big fan of JJ Smith. Left arm, quick, also an all-rounder. Will bat probably in the last five to six overs and has an excellent inside-out cover drive. He's got a range of shots and I actually think he's a better batsman than a lot of people think. Well, some good tips there, Dan. You, you look at two teams, you think you're going to tip them and then you have a look at the next team and you go, oh, you know, they could probably yeah, through two exactly. good enough as well. So, yeah, definitely not an easy question now. Uh, you mentioned that the T20 World Cup could probably be the next event of the cricket calendar. It's, it's very likely. A lot of people saying that maybe the virus could become, you know, manageable between, uh, around that September, October 
uh, time. Do you think that there's a world where maybe the T20 World Cup can be played without any cricket uh, preceding the event? Well, I suppose all the, the teams, all the qualification has been run and done. And I think that in a, in a perfect world, yes, I do think that it's possible. Uh, there are a lot of geographical, uh, geopolitical issues that will need to be alleviated before all of it happens. Just looking at the time frame and, and knowing that all the teams in this group have been decided and have been decided quite a long time ago, uh, the venues have been decided as well. There is obviously a chance too that a, a couple of these states, you know, we've heard about South Australia potentially going into a uh, potentially more isolated setup than a couple of uh, other states around the country. I have a feeling that you would potentially another logistical hurdle that I'm thinking of right now is potentially some of these grounds not being available. But given 2020 cricket and, and having a whole day and a whole night to, to play a lot of these games, you might actually be able to play multiple matches on one day. You might be able to, to shrink the tournament in terms of its length as well. A lot of these things are up in the air, as we, as we know. And a lot of these matches are going to be played on the same day anyway, particularly in the first round. But you might be able to shrink a lot of these matches, group matches at venues that are quite similar across groups coming into the, the second part of the, the Super 12 part of the tournament. Yeah, I, I can easily see a logistical uh, solution to all this. It'll just take, yeah, more of a, a political and a health alleviation of problems to, to make sure that it gets over the line. Oh, I love your point before about the uh, maybe the emerging nations who don't always play cricket and have to go back to their full-time jobs, maybe even having the upper hand being used to coming off no cricket. So uh, that's a very good point, I think, now. We're speaking to Daniel Beswick, if you uh, didn't hear the start of the interview, previewing the T20 World Cup and talking all things in the current world of cricket. Now, I want to get some tips out of you, Dan, for the T20 World Cup, if that's all right. We'll go... One by one. Now, first one I have for you, out of all the emerging teams we just mentioned participating in the preliminary rounds, who do you think will go deepest in the, into the uh, competition? Purely by the balance of the draw and some of the, the, the factors that have already been uh, shown with, with the groups and where the first round is being played. Oh, if, you, if you needed one team from me, I would probably say the Netherlands at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably give an honourable mention to Oman as well, but yeah... I, yeah, if you had to put a gun to my head, I'd probably say the Netherlands at this point. I like that. Now, the next one I want to tip from you, which side do you see as being a bit of a dark horse or a surprise? So maybe someone that uh, performs above the abilities of maybe the, the perception they have right now. Yeah, if you want to bring it back to a, a full member situation, I do think Afghanistan will have the, the skill set and they've definitely been great performers at T20 level and they've probably got the best uh, leg spinner in the world in Rashid Khan. I think the issue will probably be the batting, but they do bat quite quite a long way down. Thinking of guys like Najibullah Zadran, who bats probably seven or eight for the Afghan team, uh, can definitely peel off 30 or 40 runs in 20 or 25 balls. So from a full member standpoint, I do think that Afghanistan uh, could definitely provide a, an overachiever uh, performance. Uh, and Rashid Khan with experience in Australia, Mohamed Nabi as well, they've got a little bit of local knowledge uh, Case Armad, that you know they've, they've got 2020 franchise players, you know coming out of their ears, and, they, and they've performed quite well. From a favourite point of view, I do like us to probably win the tournament, uh, but that would probably be reaching the the minimum expectation. So going back to your sort of overachiever question, and probably going back to the, the emerging cricket team, uh, I, I do like Oman as well. I think Jacinda Singh will probably take this tournament by storm, and in Geelong where the ground boundaries are a little bit smaller on, on the square side, he could well be quite effective. And I think Bill Khan is, is a great death bowler, can almost bowl Yorkers at will, and I actually think that a T20 franchise team 
may want his services after this tournament finishes, assuming that we do have a big bash uh, next summer. Absolutely. I like the tips. Now, we'll uh, turn our attention to not just uh, emerging nations, but everyone, like we did last question. Uh, the top two sides that you think will make the finals and then maybe even a, a tip for the winner. Yeah, without looking at, at, at scenarios and, and how each draw pans out, uh, I do like us. Uh, and I think the closer we get to tournament, and, and yeah, again, depending on, on the situation at hand, I, I do believe in our own hype. I do believe in the Australian hype. I think that it is the format that we have tried to focus on in, in the last 12 months. And I know the one-day national series against South Africa was disappointing, but I thought in T20 cricket, I thought we were outstanding. I thought the likes of Ashton Agar emerging as a, as a left-arm orthodox spinner, yeah. as well as a, a handy bat in the last couple of overs. I, I think he's great. Uh, I do think Adam Zampa's performance could well go a long way to, to how well we do, but I think he's quite capable. I think that wronger that he bowled to Kane Williamson that was that was an outstanding you know uh, show of, of his talent. But yeah, I do I do believe in our own hype, and I think that uh, having Smith at three as a bit of an anchor in the middle overs, he can turn things along. And Warner and Finch at the top of the order, I think if they get going, they'll be very hard to stop. I do like India as well. A couple of questions maybe on the keeping side for India. You know, there's a lot of talk between the likes of Dhoni, Pant and Kaurahul is the other, the keeper that has been used for uh, the Indian national team. And there is talk of Dhoni retiring and, and Rishabh Pant not quite getting there just yet in terms of his potential and his actual ability. So I do think there are a couple of questions for India, but I do think there's enough spin talent, uh, quick bowling and explosiveness at the top of the order for them to be pretty close as well. And I think England coming off a 50 over World Cup victory, focusing on the limited over formats they're probably one of the best white ball teams in the world at the moment so i think it's probably a three horse race at this stage a good answer off for anyone who doesn't know i've actually put daniel on the spot i haven't asked him any of these before so they're, they're very good answers and very uh very well weighted now last one dan uh a player of the tournament and if they're not from an emerging nation maybe someone from an emerging nation as well like a jared erasmus as you mentioned before yeah i like her erasmus i think that he'll Definitely capture the imagination of, of some of the some of the other fans from perhaps you know not being huge emerging cricket fans. I definitely think he'll be a shining light. Uh, JJ Smith, I think, could well be real X factor for the Namibian side. I just can't get over how well technically he is with the bat for someone who's considered a bowling all rounder. He's so quick on the pull shot too. So with the with the pitches being hard and bouncy, I think he'll really enjoy the Australian conditions. And Bill Khan will be a great death bowler. Uh, player of the tournament was I. I think probably a guy that I mentioned already again, and it's probably Rashid Khan, I think, being the best leg spinner in the world, format of the game, and he'll probably come in with five or six overs left and, and peel off, yeah, as I said, 30 or 40 runs with the bat, maybe off, off 20 balls. I think in the recent T20 series against Ireland, which was actually hosted in uh, Greater Noida in uh, India, he actually took a game to a super over hitting, uh, I think it was a six off the last ball in the in one of the T20s there. So you can never take that man out of the game. And, and even in the field, he's an excellent fielder as well. So, look, he's probably my favourite cricketer at this point. Uh, and coming from an emerging nation who's now recently moved into full membership, yeah, I'd like to have Rashid Khan probably uh, top and, and centre of my list. Absolutely. Now, Dan, before we let you go, last question we have for you. Where do people get their cricket fix at the moment? Domestic cricket in Zimbabwe is currently going on. Obviously, the Emerging Cricket Podcast. Rob Linda highlights maybe even on YouTube. I mean, is there any live cricket uh, going on at the moment? And more importantly as well, is the Emerging Cricket Podcast uh, going to continue its, its weekly schedule with no uh, next to no cricket being played? Yeah, could happily uh, announce that the Emerging Cricket Podcast will run as scheduled. We might even have some 
bonus content given that well Tim Tim will be in quarantine he's just come back from a, a wedding in New Zealand I think he's in for, he'll be in forced quarantine sometime today yeah between Nick and, and myself who have been carrying for the last week yeah I think we'll just yeah we'll continue our, our stuff where we're not going to stop yeah looking at some cricket that will go on I think the Tanzanian national team I think are filtering Zimbabwe they're playing the Midwest Rhinos if, if you are looking for some live scores but apart from that yeah just like any other sport around, uh, the, the calendar is scarce. But, yeah, we're hoping to, to get some positive news out of a, of, of a couple of places which are perhaps a little bit more isolated than others. Even Bermuda, which is, you know, a, a English or a British territory yeah. of, you know, just a, a couple of 10,000 people. It might even be 50,000 people. Even they've had cases there and they've had to cancel their uh, cricket for, for the next foreseeable future. So, yeah, look, it, it's something that has, well, brought everything to a to a grinding halt, you know. And cricket's not the only the only victim in all of it. So yeah, do send wishes to, to all the people and wishing people all the best and to listen to all the the medical advice that you do get. But yeah, I think that Tanzania tour of uh, Zimbabwe could well be the only cricket going on at the moment. I can't quite think of anything. The latest victim uh, there was a Namibian franchise T20 series uh, finals, which were meant to be held this weekend. They got called off, which was unfortunate. Uh, some domestic cricket out of Hong Kong got called off as well. But yeah, it, it is disappointing. So hopefully, I'll have some some better news apart from that one series going on in Zimbabwe. It has not been easy to to fill your cricketing fix at the moment, Dan. Uh, I messaged you today. I was saying I was having cricket withdrawals, so I'm glad you've been able to fill us in on everything <laughs> cricket. Uh, big thanks for joining us today to to cover what's currently happening in a what's a pretty turbulent cricketing world and uh, in general, of course, as well. I hope you keep well and can't wait to have you on the show next. Yeah, likewise, Darcy. Uh, sending my best to, to all the Sport FM guys and yeah to everyone in the in the sporting world. Uh, yeah, wishing you you guys all the best and stay safe.